it's really rewarding when we can turn somebody's power back on. It's just, it's a really feel-good feeling for us. Power push. Crews work to get people back on the grid, but it will still be a dark Christmas for some. Schindler always believed that it was important for the public to know. Remembering Schindler Kirk, condolences pour in for the retired police officer killed in a crash on Vancouver Island. And I just think that's wrong. It's, it shouldn't be the thing we're thinking about as we're rushing into the hospital. And ripping off the Band-Aid, another lower mainland mayor fights for free parking at local hospitals. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening, thank you for joining us. The push is on from BC Hydro to get people back on the grid after Thursday's powerful windstorm. 23,000 customers, mostly on Vancouver Island and the Gulf Islands, are still in the dark. Reinforcements headed over to the islands today, hoping to give some people the gift of light. But not everyone will be so lucky. Jordan Armstrong reports. Christmas Eve at Tawasin Terminal. As thousands head home to their loved ones, BC Hydro field crews are also on the move. More than 500 of them working non-stop to get the lights back on for the holidays. We're expecting a lot of broken poles and a lot of down power lines. Colin Sillier and his crew have been at it since Thursday's storm in Vancouver and Surrey. Now he's heading to Salt Spring Island, where the roads look like this. How does it feel to know you might be saving someone's Christmas? You know what, it's a great feeling. Uh, the crew that I'm on, we've all been excited to be able to go over and help out. That'll be our Christmas morning wish. <laughs> <laughs> to have a nice long hot shower. South of Nanaimo, the damage is extreme. Crews brought in from Alberta and the East Coast to help rebuild. What normally would take us just a, maybe an hour to get something done. It's taking us multiple hours to, to deal with one particular outage. The goal is to have all the town centers of the Gulf Islands back on the grid by noon Christmas Day. But there, and on Vancouver Island, many small outages will remain. They've got a lot of work to do. I think everyone's aware of how many trees have been down and how hard these guys are working around the holidays. They're not seeing their families, so that's nice of them to put their time in for us. I'm well aware of the difficulties they have to work through in extreme weather. I'm very grateful for it. Nanaimo's Courtney Chen has power again, but the storm has left her family with a big question. When the power went out, I was actually midway through my 20-week uh, ultrasound for my pregnancy. Um, so we didn't get to find out anything that day. We were halfway done, saw a happy, healthy baby, but uh, didn't get a gender or anything, but that's okay. Back on the front lines, Hydro hopes to have power restored to everyone by the end of the week. It's, it's really rewarding when we can turn somebody's power back on. It's just, it's a really feel-good feeling for us. Bless them. If they must work through Christmas, I'm sorry. But uh, their families will appreciate the fact that the work they're doing is for the benefit of everybody anyway. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. Meantime, Vancouver police have caught up with that driver. Global News captured blowing through a no-go traffic zone during Thursday's storm. The driver of this Jaguar SUV caught on video flooring past danger tape to prevent cars from entering an area where crews were busy cleaning up storm damage. VPD says the rogue driver went through a cordoned off area towards fire crews who were responding to a 911 call about fallen lines near Dunbar and Southwest Marine. Officers located the driver at his house on Sunday. He now faces a $196 fine for allegedly driving without reasonable consideration. We have crews working there, emergency responders there, first responders, 
the further back people stay, the safer the whole scene is and the quicker those people can do their job and return the situation to normal. We want people to stay 10 meters away or the length of a school bus back from the wires that are on the ground and call 911. And more fallout from Thursday's windstorm. A popular New Year's Day tradition in White Rock has been cancelled. The White Rock Rotary Club announcing their annual polar bear swim just east of the pier is not happening because of the damage caused by that storm. The city has ordered everyone to stay away from the damaged pier and waterfront indefinitely. The Rotary Club says they hope to host the swim in 2020 for the event's 50th anniversary. Two people are in hospital after a serious crash in Burnaby this afternoon. A truck and car collided near Henning Drive and Gilmore Avenue just before 1. Burnaby Fire had to use the jaws of life to free the passenger trapped inside the car. The driver of that car also taken to hospital in serious condition. The driver of the truck did not go to hospital. Still no word on a cause or if charges will be laid. Tributes continue to pour in for a retired police officer who was killed in a crash over the weekend on Vancouver Island. As Sarah McDonald reports, Shinder Kirk is being remembered for how he tried to stop the spread of gang violence in B.C. He is being remembered as a leader in the war on B.C.'s gang violence and a well-liked and well-respected pillar in B.C.'s policing community. Shinder Kirk, to many, is best known for his work as a media relations officer for the Abbotsford Police Department, where flags are now at half-staff, before he retired. A familiar face to many British Columbians, Kirk also previously served as spokesperson with the Combined Forces Special Enforcement Unit. Many of our viewers will remember him from his frequent television appearances at the height of the Lower Mainland's gang war involving the Red Scorpions and the United Nations. The 59-year-old was killed in a car crash in Nanaimo over the weekend on Saturday. Nanaimo RCMP say Kirk was behind the wheel of one pickup truck that collided head-on with another one. Kirk was pronounced dead at the scene. Two of his passengers airlifted to hospital with serious injuries. Two other passengers in that same vehicle walking away with minor injuries. They are all expected to survive. The 22-year-old driver of that other truck and his female passenger also escaping with minor injuries. Local officials tell us it is believed Kirk was en route to Tofino with family members at the time of the accident. Just before 2 p.m., our members investigated a fatal car crash between two pickup trucks. Sadly, 59-year-old Shinder Kirk died at the scene. Tributes to Kirk are pouring in from right across the province, from Premier John Horgan to current and former police chiefs and police departments. Kirk had retired as a police officer, but he was a commissioner in Abbotsford still. We spoke with some of his colleagues who are remembering Kirk for his kindness, his dedication to his work, and his efforts combating gang violence. Shinder was always a true professional. Uh, he was always a, uh, an excellent team member. He was a gentleman and uh, just a, uh, a good friend and uh, a good partner. There's no doubt that uh, there will be a legacy uh, that Chinder will leave behind. Um, before he joined us, he had such a strong uh, connection with the community in Abbotsford. Uh, I know a lot of people have been affected by this. The cause of that crash that killed Kirk is still under investigation. Both vehicles will now be inspected. Officials tell us speed and alcohol are not believed to be factors in this crash, though inclement weather and road conditions have not been ruled out as factors. Sarah McDonald, Global News, Abbotsford. Vancouver police want to speak with a good Samaritan who helped a woman after she was sexually assaulted earlier this month. The attack happened on Main Street near East 17th Avenue just after midnight on Saturday, December 15th. The VPD say a woman was walking when a man approached her. He then overpowered her, sexually assaulted her, 
before he may have been startled and ran away. A Good Samaritan encountered the victim shortly after that assault and made sure that the woman got home safely. Now, the suspect is described as white, between 30 to 40 years old, about 5 foot 6, with a stocky build, bulging eyes and dirty hands. He was wearing a black puffy jacket at the time with red fleece and oversized pants. If you have any information about this police or this case, call police. A tragic end in the search for a missing Delta woman. Delta police say Choi Ching Ho was found today after three days of searching. She was in her early 60s and was reported missing on Friday, prompting a large search near Burns Bog. Delta police say her death is not considered to be suspicious, and they are thanking the public for their efforts to find her. Well, another Metro Vancouver mayor is adding his voice to the chorus, calling for free parking at hospitals. Coquitlam Mayor Richard Stewart says it's just plain wrong to charge people during a moment of crisis. Jennifer Palma is at the Eagle Ridge Hospital in Port Moody tonight. Jen, the mayor says those hospital fees shouldn't be a revenue stream. Free parking at hospitals, or at the very least, just charge a nominal fee. That's what Coquitlam Mayor Richard Stewart is asking for. It really amounts to a tax on people who are sick. Uh, they're, they're, in Canada, universal health care is meant to pay for the costs of health care for people who need hospitals. Parking at hospitals isn't cheap. At Eagle Ridge, it costs anywhere from close to $20 for a whole day to hundreds of dollars for a month. And if you don't pay, someone's always watching, ready to hand out a ticket. I was fine when my wife first came in, and that's over a month ago. And I forgot, you know, but it was a $50 ticket. And I think that, you know, I can afford it, but I suspect that there's probably many people that can't afford it. I just think it's a charitable thing to do. Yes. You shouldn't have to pay for it. Well, there's going to be some challenges there because that's where they make a lot of money as well, right? So they do need money for the hospitals and machines and equipment, so maybe that's where they get most of their money from. Stewart joins Surrey's Mayor Doug McCallum in calling for a change to hospital parking fees. And in Surrey, a few weeks ago, council voted to make on-street parking around Surrey Memorial free for two hours. In a statement, Fraser Health says that they're willing to work with municipalities on this issue. However, they say that they do need the revenue generated from parking fees. Where do they put that money? It goes back into the parking lots. Richard Stewart says that he's also had a conversation with them. They actually have a, uh, a function at Fraser Health that is to maximize revenue uh, in order to fund. Uh, I get it. Their, their, their funding is limited and they want to be able to do good things with health care. But the fiscal challenges of health care shouldn't be made up on the backs of patients. Fraser Health says they do offer an opportunity to waive fees for those in dire straits. They also say that they have a variety of payment options to make parking at hospitals more affordable. Back to you. Thanks, Jen. Well, people are just starting to assess the damage from this weekend's devastating tsunami in Indonesia, but the fears are far from over. More on that coming up. A little later on the news hour, plus the bizarre video posted by disgraced actor Kevin Spacey on the same day charges against him are made public. We'll have details ahead. Well, most of us feel like our bank accounts just vanish over the holidays, but for dozens of members of a BC credit union, it actually did. The bank is calling it a case of cyber fraud. Our Consumer Matters reporter Andrewa looked into it. 
Coast Capital Savings is warning of fraudulent emails and text messages targeting members across Metro Vancouver, the Valley, and Vancouver Island. This after at least 100 Coast Capital members were targeted last month with thousands of dollars fraudulently taken from their bank accounts. We spoke with one customer who's out thousands of dollars and wants to know when her funds will be returned to her account. The answer to that question, not an easy one. $10,000 is a lot of money, and it's, yeah, it hurts your heart. Carrie Light is describing the moment she discovered $10,000 vanished from her Coast Capital savings account. I think it's horrible. I think um, it's heartbreaking. On November 23rd, the Langley resident says she received a call from her son, who lives in Manitoba, who says he had received an email from Carrie showing she had e-transferred him money twice, yet no funds were ever transferred to his account. He had asked me if I had sent him um, two e-transfers, one for $5,000 and one for $4,998. And in shock, I said, no, I did not send that to him. Worried, Carrie checked her bank account immediately. $10,000 was missing. She called RCMP right away. I was just in shock and beside myself that $10,000 was gone from my account. That same day, Carrie says she went to her Coast Capital Savings Branch in Langley and filed declaration forms. In the meantime, staff there arranged a $5,000 line of credit to help cover her upcoming bills. But Carrie says when she asked staff members when she would get her money back, she was told there were no guarantees. I have had $10,000 taken from your bank and here I am telling, being told that I'm not guaranteed to, to getting my money back when I have done nothing wrong. Coast Capital says just under 100 members have reported losses due to fraud and maintains its system is safe and secure. Coast Capital says there is no evidence of any breach of its systems from internal or external parties. Coast Capital also confirms that in all of the cases where members reported unauthorized transactions on their accounts, this followed a login to their individual accounts using their credentials, credentials that could have been compromised or obtained through a number of fraudulent methods, including phishing, weak passwords, or through malware installed on their personal devices. The reason we believe it's a phishing attempt is because we've seen uh, several of our members report that these transactions happened after they clicked on a suspicious link. As for customers getting their money back? Are you going to guarantee some of those members will get their money back? I can't guarantee that and I'd love to guarantee it but I can't because at present we don't know what each case will tell us. Coast Capital says it will look at every incident on a case-by-case -case basis to find out what happened. In an age of sophisticated scammers, both businesses and individuals need to be vigilant. And just to add, we are told by the Canadian Bankers Association that banks in Canada investigate each phishing incident on a case-by-case -case basis. And depending on the circumstances, the customer could be reimbursed for their losses. Different banks would have different policies in place according to the particular incident being investigated. And the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada says it is possible that a consumer's product agreement with their bank may cover such situations. So it is very important for consumers who have concerns to contact their bank as soon as possible.
But a Grinch has dealt a crushing blow to a small Vancouver Island fire hall. The Dashwood Fire Department in Qualicum Beach posting these photos on Sunday about a Christmas theft. The department tweeting that in the past 24 hours, someone broke into their storage hut at the Hobbs Road Fire Station. Stolen the spare fuel they've been using to power their generator and fire trucks during the windstorm and the cleanup efforts. The thieves also made off with a brand new mountain bike and two weed whackers. Meantime, Hope Volunteer Search and Rescue also hit by thieves, but this time a happy ending. The team's cargo trailer broken into, the door badly damaged, and that generator stolen. Clothing and a radiator also stashed under a SAR boat. The volunteers almost ready to use their donations to replace those items when two community members stepped up. Sam and Nick Fry donating enough to get the team a new generator. Well, if you're not done your Christmas shopping yet, it looks like a gas station run is in your future. Only a handful of stores are still open right now, which meant it was madness at the mall today. Here's Grace Key. Twas the day before Christmas and all through the mall. I have no bags right now, so this is how unprepared I am. Last minute shoppers were scurrying about, but keeping on track proved a little too much. So far, it's all been about me. I'm going to Seahawks game on Sunday, so I'm trying to get my, my outfit ready. And then there's the ones who not only put off gift buying. I'm actually Christmas shopping for my mom from my dad because I was done a few weeks ago. <laughs> but ask someone else to do it at the last minute. I'm just about done. I got everything that I told him he should get her, so now I'm just looking for something that he thinks he should get her. So are you going to take the credit or is he going to take the credit? He's going to take the credit, but my mom will know it came from me. <laughs> One man did have a pretty good excuse for his last-minute shopping. We just had a baby daughter. She is uh, 20 days old. No sleep. So what did yeah. you get for the baby? Uh, some food for her. The formula, because that's the only thing she can get. And a bear. Babies were nestled all snug in their strollers, unless you were taking pictures with the man of the hour. Shopping wasn't the only thing left to the last minute, but with the hours quickly counting down, it was time to dash away all. This year I'm buying total, I think, five people, right? Yeah. yeah. And then doing last minute, so. Yeah. <laughs> Can't see you guys. <laughs> Grace Key, Global News. Yeah. Good luck to everyone who's still out there doing that. Union members and volunteers are serving up 3,000 people at the 24th Annual Labour Community Christmas Eve Dinner. The BC Federation of Labour welcomed thousands of families tonight in Vancouver and Surrey. Turkey and all the trimmings were handed out along with food hampers, toys and clothes for children. The Federation says tonight's dinner is just one way to give back to the community. More than 370 people are now confirmed dead from the tsunami in Indonesia, a number that continues to climb with more than 1,400 still injured. And to make matters worse, there are fears another tsunami could hit without warning as a volcano that triggered the first wave continues to erupt. Death and destruction in Indonesia. The tsunami hit a beachfront resort area without warning Saturday night, sweeping a popular rock band off the stage. Today, this is all that's left. Rescuers now searching the site for any signs of life. Amidst the many grim discoveries, a bit of hope. This boy, alive after 12 hours trapped under the rubble.
This is one of the temporary tents where they're coordinating relief efforts. Those boxes are full of food for the victims. And the people who are sleeping inside are volunteers. Tomorrow, they're going to be pushing out to some of the more remote regions to help. Mohamed Reza Rinaldi is helping coordinate relief efforts here. Do you think tomorrow you'll find more people alive? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Scientists believe this volcano, Anak Krakatoa, was to blame for the tsunami. It's been erupting and created an underwater landslide that sent a wall of water slamming to the shore. It's Indonesia's second deadly tsunami in just three months. Tonight, a Christmas Eve service with prayers and tears for the victims. Europe's most active volcano erupted today. Mount Etna in Italy spewing lava and ash. Officials now reporting more than 130 earthquakes of up to 4.3 in magnitude. Volcanic ash covered nearby villages as planes at an airport in Sicily had to be halted temporarily. There are no reports of any injuries. Etna, the largest of Italy's three active volcanoes, has been particularly active since July. Well, two fishermen in Costa Rica have finally been rescued after being stranded at sea for almost three weeks. A cruise ship came across the pair between Grand Cayman and Jamaica on Friday. The ship wasn't actually scheduled to be in that area, but bad weather forced it to take an alternate route. The men had been adrift since December 1st. They only had enough food and water for seven days, so it's not known how they survived, so you can likely expect a movie. In business news, stocks dropped hard on this holiday Monday as investors continue to be concerned over the global economy and the ongoing turmoil coming from the White House. Here's Garrett Haig. This Christmas Eve, the stock market delivering investors a lump of coal. The market down more than 20 percent from its recent highs. Experts say the turmoil in Washington isn't helping. This has been something that the president has got to own because he has started a fight. He's basically continuing a trade war. He's getting into it with Congress, leading to a shutdown, and he is threatening to fire the head of the Federal Reserve. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin making calls from his Mexican vacation to the heads of the U.S.'s six largest banks, meant to be reassuring but having the opposite effect. The president hunkered down at the White House, his Florida vacation canceled due to the shutdown, blaming the economy's troubles on the Federal Reserve, tweeting they don't have a feel for the market. And with Congress out of town until Thursday, complaining about the shutdown stalemate, too. I am all alone, poor me in the White House, waiting for the Democrats to come back and make a deal on desperately needed border security. Fighting back, Democratic leaders blaming the market struggles and the shutdown on the president. It's Christmas Eve and President Trump is plunging the country into chaos, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer wrote. As the White House digs in for a fight that now seems likely to last into the new year. This is what Washington looks like when you have a president who refuses to sort of go along to get along. Tonight, the shutdown fight hinges on how much the Democrats would be willing to spend on border security. The magic number may be between $1.6 billion and the $5 billion the president originally asked for. In Health Matters tonight, as many people get ready for a magical Christmas for the kids, experts say it's important not to forget the older members of your family. The holidays are often a very lonely time for seniors. Some have health or physical limitations that can make it tough to travel or to keep up with older traditions. There are some things you can do to help, including preparing a meal for them, spending time together, or just simply reaching out. 
Now, if you're hosting Christmas this year, chances are your stress level is pretty high right about now. Research has found your risk of suffering a heart attack is highest on Christmas Eve. And women have the greatest risk. Here's Heather Urex-West. A holiday feast with all the trimmings, a home looking festive and bright. But putting on a picture-perfect Christmas can be stressful. And looking back now, Susan Hoy wonders if all that holiday stress ultimately cost her grandmother her life. My grandma actually died at Christmas time. She died on December 18th. And it was through the stress of preparing for Christmas and her very large family. Hoy's grandmother died of a heart attack at the age of 58. Decades later, her mother died the same way at just 62. It's why Hoy, now at just 47, is already taking steps to reduce her own risk. According to a recent study done out of Sweden, this time of year can be especially dangerous for those at risk of heart disease, with that threat peaking on Christmas Eve. Your arteries are a muscle, not a pipe. And the biggest key is, is that what are things that can affect the muscle of the arteries? And so stress is probably one of the biggest things. Adding to the holiday stress, the potentially dangerous combination of increased alcohol consumption, poor diet, less sleep, less exercise, and cold weather. When you breathe in cold air directly, it can entice the constriction of the arteries. When you have constriction of the arteries, they're more likely to have uh, bad things happen. For Alan Marston, it was freezing December temperatures that landed him in the hospital several years ago. I couldn't even cross the street in minus 19 temperature. Literally couldn't cross the street in minus 19 because I would get terrible pain. To reduce your risk, Fernandez recommends making time for self-care during the holidays, making time to both exercise and just be still. Advice Hoy plans to take two and four her heart. This is a holiday and I want to I want to have a holiday too. Heather Yurex West, Global News. Oh yes, where is the big man now? Before we get into the forecast, we are tracking Santa tonight. Thanks to NORAD, he just delivered some presents in Aruba, flew over the Caribbean Sea. Now he's making his way towards Venezuela, Brazil, may make a quick pit stop in Colombia as well. He is busy. He's got a few more miles, a few more kilometers before he arrives in Canada, before he arrives in the metro Vancouver and BC area. But right now it's time to turn things over to Kasia Badurka. And Kasia, when he does land here, it's only yes. going to be a few roofs that actually have snow on it. It is. We'll talk about that snowpack that we do have across the province. But yeah, not a lot of snow and he's got smooth sailing conditions for tonight because a ridge of high pressure is building. It's going to be nice and calm for Santa. It is six degrees at this hour expecting an overnight low of zero. A few centimeters fell through the Okanagan over the weekend just enough to make this snowman. Thank you to Lori, Lori Ann for sending that in. Snowman I don't think is there anymore. But this will look at the current snowpack across the province even though it is an El Nino year and we see less than normal amounts of precipitation, in the fuchsias, you're seeing more than 60 centimeters of snow on the ground and the whites over 100 centimeters. So not bad, really, especially at the mountain passes, uh, at the ski hills. But then areas like Kamloops, Kelowna, there, the global news sign is over that. 100-mile house, it is a green Christmas over there. We're not expecting snow over the next few days here. However, a special statement, but special weather statement is in place. For East Vancouver Island, as well as inland sections, we are going to be picking up a rain-snow mix, even snow possible tomorrow night. And it could be upwards of 5 centimeters of snow, could even be 10 in some places. Closer to the water, it's going to be 2 centimeters of snow. So again, we do have an incoming system for Christmas Day. It's going to be late day for Vancouver Island. Radar returns across the country. It's nice and calm. 
right across uh, the country we do have uh, cloudy conditions. However, here we have still been seeing some active weather across northern regions of the uh, of the province. But as we put our future cast set in play, you will note that this does dissipate. For your Christmas Day, it's going to be calm. Sunshine is going to be making a, an appearance right across the province. And then the next system moves in. This guy is going to bring very gusty conditions to Haida Gwaii, rainy conditions, and then rain later in the afternoon for you in places like Prince Rupert. So have a look at what to expect for this afternoon. We have a sun cloud mix for most of us. I mentioned the rain for Sandspit and Prince Rupert later in the day. Minus four for you and Prince George. A chance of flurries for you in Fort St. John into the afternoon. And just a beauty of a day, Christmas Day, right across the southern interior. Just awesome for traveling, if you ask me. Zero for you in Kelowna, minus two in Castlegar. It is right around seasonal. And for us, five degrees. That's bang on seasonal. Tofino, we start to see the showers move in into the afternoon. A quick look at your long-range outlook. Up and down conditions. Boxing Day, it's going to be on the messy side, guys. Mm, I could use an umbrella for Santa. Yes, you could. Thank you, Kasia. Well, we haven't heard from him in more than a year, but Kevin Spacey tweeted out a bit of a bizarre video today. In it, he plays his character Frank Underwood from House of Cards, and it just happens to fall on the exact same day that he faces some new charges. On the day a Massachusetts district attorney announced a felony charge of sexual assault against Kevin Spacey, a new video posted on his Twitter account speaking in the accent of Frank Underwood, a House of Cards character killed off by the Netflix show. Some believed everything and have just been waiting with bated breath to hear me confess it all. It's unclear what he's addressing specifically. Netflix had no comment on the video. Prosecutors in Nantucket say their case stems from allegations made by the son of a former Boston TV anchor who told Kate Snow her eight 18-year-old son was groped by the actor. It wasn't until Kevin Spacey put his hand inside his pants that he really knew he was in trouble. A criminal complaint stating the victim told police he, quote, tried to shift away with his body, but Spacey kept reaching down his pants. Spacey did not respond to NBC's request for comment. Last year, his representative saying Spacey was seeking treatment after numerous other allegations of sexual misconduct. His only post on Twitter for over a year was this video today. If I didn't pay the price for the things we both know I did do, I'm certainly not going to pay the price for the things I didn't do. A video now blurring the lines between television drama and allegations of real-life crime. Gotti Schwartz, NBC News, Los Angeles. Well, actor Tom Hanks is living up to his nice guy reputation, buying lunch for people at an In-N-Out Burger. Take a look. Hi, Mr. Hanks. Just standing there in the drive-thru. Didn't think you're allowed to do that. The Good whole choice thing. on the In-N-Out. Yeah, and In-N-Out's good. It was caught on camera. This was at Fontana, California, at a restaurant there. The two-time Academy Award winner there with his wife, Rita Wilson. Hanks posed for pictures with some fans, as you can see, and let everyone no, he wanted to wish them a very Merry Christmas. And that Toy Story 4 is coming out next year. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a little something there. And by the way. Your Squire. And to get a little out. woody with every purchase. Of I don't. Yeah, that's, I, that's something that they can decide. Uh, have you ever animalized your fries there? That's something that not too many people I know. know. Some there is a secret menu. Yeah, there's a the secret <laughs> menu at the In-N-Out Burger. But alas, we're not talking about that. We're talking about weather and sports. And sports-wise, them Seahawks, they got in. They're in the, uh, they're on the super highway, you may want to say. Okay. They're in the playoffs. And that was Seahawks Nation, the 12's Christmas gift. And then today, they gave Pete Carroll a Christmas gift. He has a contract extension. Okay. So we'll talk about how... 
Carroll took what was supposed to be a rebuilding year and put his team in the postseason. Right, and he's going to be an older man when that thing's done, well, he's, right? He's a little bit older now. <laughs> he's 60. He's the oldest coach in the NFL. Yeah, he still looks pretty good. He's got a lot of energy. He doesn't animalize his fries when he goes to In-N-Out Burger, apparently. Well, Christmas Eve Eve was very nice for the 12s, <laughs> right? Yes. You notice everyone says Happy Christmas Eve and then Merry Christmas. It just see? feels wrong. You say Merry today, Christmas it's Eve. Merry tomorrow. I'm sorry. It's that like you're there. talking to someone named Eve. Strange. Doesn't Good work. Point. Yes. Your logic both enthralls and confuses me. Thank you, Squire. <laughs> Uh, Seahawks fans got to open their present yesterday when a win over Kansas City gave Seattle the gift of the playoffs, which they weren't in last year, although they did have a 9-7 and record last year, so they weren't horrible. But by making it this season, they defied the odds because most sports books had them as long shots to make the playoffs. And because they did make the postseason, Seattle today gave head coach Pete Carroll his early Christmas present, by signing him to a contract extension through 2021. Carroll has been the Hawks coach since 2010. He's made the playoffs in all but two of those years. His overall record, including playoffs, 88-54-1 in Seattle. But in the early weeks of this season, it didn't look like Pete Carroll would be able to guide Seattle to the promised land. Let's start this story by going back to September, because when the weather was warmer, the Seahawks were colder. They lost their first two games, and Russell Wilson threw three interceptions. It meant that the Seahawks now had to overcome this statistic, that since 2007, only 10% of teams that start the year 0-2 make the playoffs. There wasn't very many people that thought we could do this. There was, you know, most everybody thought we didn't have a chance. Everybody was counting us out, you know, early on, and uh, we, had no, we had no fear. And if you looked at those first two losses Seattle had, the Seahawks were close in both of those games. They were already showing signs their defense was much better than people thought they would be. But what they didn't have until a week three win over Dallas was a running game. And that running game has become the NFL's best, despite not having a bona fide star. You know, all the credit goes to the O-line. Um, without them, you know, none of this is possible. And I've been saying it all year, you know, we got three great running backs. Um, you know, any one of them could have went over 1,000. The running game means that Russell Wilson does not have to carry Seattle's offense every game. But it's not taking away his sharpness for throwing the ball or making something out of nothing. You know, it's the first two seconds or it's the 13th second in the play. He's going, he's looking down the field to make a play. And uh, it's just unbelievable the things he's done. And, you know, just we're, we're incredibly grateful that we have him as our quarterback. And they should be grateful. They also have the most enthusiastic 67-year-old head coach ever. If the Seahawks had missed the playoffs like everyone thought, Seattle might have let Pete Carroll go instead of giving him a contract extension. This was supposed to be a rebuilding year in Seattle. But Pete Carroll claims the rebuilding actually started before anyone knew it. The change took, started late last season, and uh, our guys already were, were seeing that things were, you know, the opportunities were coming. This, guy, this, this whole team has been about opportunities throughout the whole offseason, uh, the end of last year, offseason, and then all the way throughout the year to, to compete, to make themselves a spot and fit and, and to bring this thing together. But what's really exciting about it is we're so young and we're just getting started. Let's stop the run together and let's have some fun together. You know, there's a lot more that we want to do. We're not stopping here. It's a magnificent feeling that gives us the confidence that we can go anywhere and play anybody. We, we're, we're ready to roll. 
All right. Will the Raiders be in Oakland next year? They'd like to be. But one more before they move to Vegas. Check this out. The Broncos do not down the ball properly on the one-yard line. This is the uh, only game tonight, obviously, Monday Night Football. Right there, doesn't down it. So Dwayne Harris picks it up, and he goes 99 yards the other way. Broncos were the team that beat Seattle in week one. They're not anything like that now. Dwayne Harris scores a touchdown, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that pink right there? I don't know. 17-0 at halftime, Oakland leads Denver. Uh, the NHL is off until December 27th. NBA goes tomorrow, though. Uh, that's when the Canucks will start a six-game road trip, which is because the World Juniors, which starts on Boxing Day, takes over Rogers Arena. The Canucks will be in Edmonton on Thursday. Aside from a game in New Jersey, this is the all-Canadian road trip for the Canucks. Edmonton, Calgary, then Jersey, then it's Ottawa, then it's Montreal, and then they get to face the Maple Leafs. Oh, Speaking of the World Juniors, which, of course, as we said, starts in boxing today, four Canuck prospects are at this tournament. The big one, of course, being Quinn Hughes, who I think you'll see late this season when he finishes up with Michigan. Tyler Madden made the team as well. Uh, Michael DiPietro, the Canadian goalie. And Tony Utunen, probably the least known of the four. Bit of a stay-at-home defenseman, but he'll be out there for Finland. Now, a lot of people have been asking about plays of the year. Will there be one? That is like asking, will Santa Claus visit? Of course he will, and of course there'll be a Plays of the Year tomorrow, as it has been for many, many years. News Hour tomorrow night, uh, we'll have it all. Remember, though, tomorrow's News Hour, only a half hour, right? That's half only hour. a half hour. Confirmed. So don't tune in at 645, because you'll miss it by then. Uh, this year, we will feature, among other things, the Canucks Swedish House Mafia, <laughs> featuring outgoing Swedes and incoming Swede. A little taste of what we have for you tomorrow. Sandwiched in between the Twins and Pedersen will be a whole bunch of others. I like how you snuck in the two really positive plays from the Canucks there that we yes. had this year. Yeah, I think I think actually all the nothing Canucks else happened. Are yeah, no, yeah, I didn't see anything. How else. sweet it was. All right, thanks very much. Well, the Calgary Zoo has two giant pandas that are the stars of the show, and now the zoo is taking steps for even more pandemonium, pandemonium in 2019. Let's go. Should we go see the pandas? You're never too young to check out these special visitors. Look at him over there. The star attraction at the Calgary Zoo. Do you see the panda? And we might not have to wait too long to see more of them. I just got back from a pretty cool trip to China where we did a lot of talking about panda babies. Curator Matt Corhonen visiting the world's main panda breeding centre to find out more about what he should be doing to try to get a couple of cubs on the way here. The temperature and lighting are super important. So if you want pandas romantic and you want them, you know, getting a bottle of wine and really getting their panda mojo going, you manipulate that. So it's almost like a recipe. Do this at this time for this amount of time and hopefully at the end of it you get some pandas. It is a challenge. A female panda is only fertile a couple of days a year. This is it for the year. This is your go time. We'll just monitor that very, very closely. We actually look at it through her urine, through blood samples, but also through behavior. So she'll start to become a lot more frisky, like panda frisky. He'll start to smell that. He'll start vocalizing. Their voice is actually really high pitched, so it sounds 
almost kind of whiny, but for them, that's the like, you know, hey, what's up, how's it going? And most of the time, it doesn't get him anywhere. The last time they tried to breed him, she really didn't like him. He was like all over her, just being a big man panda, trying to really impress her. And she was like, literally like, get away from me. I can't stand you, yeah. Sounds like the boy panda's got up his game yeah. to be able to get that girl panda. I, I, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> let him try naturally. Hopefully we can do it that way. Otherwise we'll have some experts coming from China to help us do artificial insemination. In a perfect world, she'd get pregnant late April, early May. So if we're lucky, the babies will be born late next year. So we're super excited for it. Hmm. What would it be like to have more babies here? I think they'll almost be as cute as your little guys. <laughs> more babies, the better. Gil Tucker, Global News. All right, one final check on Santa with Norad. And right now he is over Jamaica. Actually, I think he's just nearing Jamaica right now. And Cash, you've been tracking him for most of the afternoon. How's yeah, it looking? Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> well, it's going to be, well, through the overnight hours that okay. he's going to be arriving. And conditions are going to be smooth sailing for Santa. Look awesome. at that. It's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow for your Christmas day. Okay, and I get gotta, to bed early. And is I got to go. Happy Christmas Eve, right? Yes, happy, happy Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve.